0: Welcome to Money on Tap. Money on Tap, your personal finance headquarters, where we bring out the professionals experience and some fun in what we call three-dimensional investing, utilizing insurance, brokerage, and fee-based planning. That's what we do on this show. We look at all sides of the issues, and we bring a fully independent planning perspective to the table. You are listening to Money on Tap. My name is Seth Crussman. And I'm Ben Brashaw. And you can reach us at 855-226-8551 or info at your money on tap. And you guys, we have got a show lined up for you today, and it even... It even includes some pretty threatening language in the title.
1: Goodness gracious, Seth!
0: It is. <laughs> it's pretty hardcore. We have got the seven count them seven deadly signs. You need a financial advisor, and I, we got to. I got to state that with a little bit of caveat. That's what Ben and I do. So there's kind of <laughs> we're financial planners. If you're new to the show, you're like, who are these guys? Why are they talking about this? Well, that's what it's about. We're, we're financial planners. Brayshaw Financial Group is our company. Money on Tap is our podcast and our radio show. And uh, we're going to tackle some things that you, our listeners and our clients, bring to us. And it's, it's the common stuff and it's the not so common stuff that people just never even think about when having this idea of retirement or... How do I be successful with my finances?
1: Yeah, Seth. You know, there's a there's a lot of you know. I'm sure some people listen and say, well, you know, of course you're financial advisor, so you're going to give a, a spot to yourselves. We we do a lot of shows. If you're new to our show today, we talk about the market, we talk about current events and what's going on and ups and downs. And we're gonna we're gonna break into money in the news here in a minute. But you know, I, I mean, once in a while we have to talk about this. And and we don't you don't need to call us. We recommend you call anybody. In, in these worlds uh, with what's going on and I'm really excited because there's some real signs that people need to hear that say hey should I be doing something different and I think this is going to be a really valuable show for some people today
0: wonderful wonderful without any further ado, here we go you guys it is time for Money in the News Ben Y. why why are factories so strong in a pandemic is article number one coming to us from the Wall Street Journal and a question that I'm sure many people are scratching their heads if they're paying attention to what, what's going on in industrials. And it's uh, it's been a really, really super strong sector uh, in our economy. And uh, they did a great job of outlining what they what they think is the reality behind the numbers here and this in this area of our economy that's just been doing incredibly well
1: yeah the um, the institutes for supply management this article was written first of all by Justin Lahart and the Institute for supply management he quotes um, on Tuesday said that its index of manufacturing rose to five fifty six in August from its a uh, high in july of fifty four point two now for people who are hearing these numbers and saying what does this all mean?" Basically, anything over 50 represents an expansion in our economy, and that's probably surprising when you're saying, hey, we're coming out of a pandemic and all this stuff is going on. There's just so much uh, stuff going on in these factories, and it's just, they're rocking and rolling. And, you know, that hasn't, I mean, we had a slight hiccup in the middle of this, but I think the demand, you know, I, I've read a number of articles in this area, Seth, and I think the demand it was so high before the pandemic that a lot of it's still passing through. People have obligations to finish building contracts and so forth. So factories are making up for a little bit of dead time. But he also mentions in here that part of the stimulus package that was sent out was actually there was a number of people making more money off the stimulus than they would normally from in regular employment, and that there is a lot of money coming out of that towards – the various purchases of uh, shopping that is driving some of this factory growth and facti- factory expansion. What do you think, Seth?
0: Well, you mentioned driving, and I think that that's uh, of, of note. People are now buying cars, uh, and they're making plans to buy uh, that they're that they planning to buy. But since the COVID hit, they've kind of gotten back on track, and they've said, well, we still want that car. And guess what? The auto dealers are, are offering some pretty good incentives out there. I read a Dave Ramsey article that said the other day that even if they're offering you 0% buying a new car, isn't a good idea. And the
1: consumer says, no, we think it's a great idea. We're going to buy cars. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I heard there was some statistic and I don't know what the numbers are, but it was a ridiculous number of people from New York city were buying vehicles just to travel because they didn't want to fly, you know, trains and public transportation were, a no no, but getting a car for the first time because all they did was rely on public transportation was a big deal. And uh, I think that's very interesting. Uh, that driving force. Driving force. Sorry. No well, pun. <laughs> sorry for the bad pun. Number driving. two. <laughs> Let's <laughs> zip on to number two. All right. So, folks, here, here this is something that I think is going to really be of interest to a lot of people because Amazon is a household name to almost everybody. And uh, it is a stock that has just skyrocketed this year. But uh, Walmart, which is a very uh, well-known uh, competitor to Amazon, is now getting into the delivery space once again. Now, Walmart has created Walmart Plus, and it's going to be $98 a year for the membership for delivery. And it's going to be at-home delivery. There's, They're basically taking on... Amazon head, head first. I mean, this is a pretty big deal. Walmart's probably got the largest capacity and ability to do this, probably the most likely to have success doing it, in my opinion. Um, but they've tried this once before, and they've been unsuccessful, Seth. I mean, that's, I think, probably the surprising piece.
0: Tell me more, because that's uh, that's not something that I had in my my quiver here to discuss. They, they did this once before and it just didn't yeah. it didn't work.
1: Yeah. So they, they had a, they had a test round, uh, in the past and, um, man, maybe i read that somewhere else, but anyway,s they had a test round and they did this and they did like a, I think it was like a $35 fee and, and, uh, it, it turned out to be a complete bust. And then the only thing that they ever kept from that test round was that anything over $35 in a cost would actually still be delivered for free. And, um, and they just use regular delivery for that uh, when, from an online shopping piece so that was kind of an interesting I don't even know where I it must be an article I read in, in accordance with this but um, this is a big deal now the Walmart stock is expected to move off of this i've I've heard a couple different analysts speak about that publicly and um, they're very they're very optimistic across the uh, across the board that this is gonna make a move now how that actually plays out I don't know. Um they they failed once before but Walmart has probably the biggest, you know, strength to manipulate sellers to help buyers afford things and cover delivery costs and so forth, but the co- the cost of actually shipping is is fairly expensive for them. I think one thing though inside this Amazon world is that Walmart and all these big chain stores, they have this massive infrastructure overhead That is super costly. That's like these box stores and popular locations and shopping areas where Amazon is buying these rundown warehouses for dirt cheap in low tax areas that are near the outskirts of an area and storing, you know, fixing these things up and storing their stuff in there and then they're traveling around. The infrastructure cost is significantly different. Now, I think that is a major, I think that's a major piece to how Amazon creates affordability around this, where these big box stores have this massive overhead that Amazon doesn't. And that brings me to an article that we talked about. What was it last week or the week before about, um, Simon property group, Seth, did we talk about that? You know, an Amazon looking to take on a box store location as an anchor piece and, and maybe have pickup locations, but with the amount of mall locations that are just kind of dying around the country, this, they're getting that for cheap as well. And, and, Simon knows that that's going to be an attraction for people.
0: I don't know. So Walmart has done incredibly well um, over the last year. It's picked up, I think, ninety-seven percent uh, jumped ninety-seven percent from a year ago in its e-commerce. And one of the things I notice is, anytime I'm shopping for something, just put you know put in Google this, Google that, and and right there at the top, you're going to see something from Walmart usually trying to vie for that space in in your purchase and your opportunities. They have the distribution, they've got the warehouse, they've got the capacity to make this thing work uh, nationally m- far more than anybody else out there. And I think what, something to me that's kind of interesting is is the positioning of what they're doing here is we're your neighborhood, like we're your neighborhood stop and shop place where you get your gas, you get your, your all your other stuff and we're the good guys. Whereas, you know, just go back a year ago, <laughs> they're the ones that are gobbling up all the little neighborhood stores and and grocery and retailers out there and they're the bad guys. So uh, but no, it's Amazon that's bad and we're good and we're going to come and we're going to bring you your goods because we're the neighborhood guys.
1: Yeah, no, it's really funny how they've repositioned this. It's true. It's, it's true. And they've actually done a really good job of it um, because they're the small dog compared to Amazon. Amazon's the big <laughs> bad guy now. Um, but you know what's really interesting? I never saw anything in this article about a video subscription provided or anything.
0: Oh, but we're going to we're going to get there. We're getting close in just a second because next up on our I'm
1: just wondering. I mean, I'm just I'm just wondering if Uh Walmart plus, which has the plus symbol, is going to be like Apple plus or Disney plus. Like, is there a connection in there that's going to be linked here in the very near future that you're going to get? It's got to be.
0: It goes without saying almost, right? They've already got the pharmacies and they've got everything else. But to be in this space where they're competing, they they really have to be there. So one of the places that they're um, in talks is with TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) So TikTok deal, right? Yeah, if you're a, if you're a fan of social media or not, this is just um, I've I've had conversations with people that that haven't even heard of TikTok, and it is the, like the fastest uh, growing social media platform out there. And um, but it's it's from China now. If you've been watching or paying attention to anything Trump says or or is out there in the news, this is one of his his kind of sound bites out there. Is that yeah, TikTok is no longer going to be doing business in the U.S. unless they are. U.S. owned. And there's kind of a threat of, um, you know, or, or national security or, or what do they have access to? TikTok has access to. So who are the people that are coming to the table with a couple dollars in their pockets to buy TikTok? I think it's 30 billion is what the the offer looks like these days. And what is the hiccup? Well, um, and who are the players? So it has been Oracle it has been Microsoft and it has also been none other than Walmart. So, uh, and they look like they're right now, Walmart uh, looks like it has been the strongest uh, of the contenders teaming up with Microsoft. The problem here seems to be that not only is it the name and is it the platform, but there is an algorithm that is proprietary to TikTok that really sets it apart from what a lot of, what a lot of other social medias are, are doing. They all use algorithms. Anytime you go onto Facebook, guess what? It's advertising to you and that's what it's about. This is sucking you in.
1: Yeah, this is amazing. I mean, I was reading about this and they, so the basically, you know, this Chinese company has, ByteDance has figured out, how to create these short video clips. Well, the video clips are are created all the world, but they figured out how to link these things together. So the more you watch and you like, and I don't even know, I've never even used TikTok. I know my children have and stuff like that, or my kids, but, um, but they, they'll watch it. They'll watch it for an hour, like a TV show. I mean, it's (laughs) crazy. It's got ads. It's got everything. They don't care. And I hear my daughter, she's, you know, 19 laughing hysterically over this stuff. And I mean, and she'll, and they, my kids are like coming over dad you got to see this thing you know but it it has some sort of algorithm some way it knows like you you don't like this you like that and they know how to stream repetitively almost indefinitely for stuff and information to keep you attached to it cuz if it was boring you'd just be like oh this is stupid right but they've got it down and and honestly people are saying that this it, this tech this algorithm is worth is the is the deal like that's what everyone really wants is you know how does how do they read into the human mind differently than every other algorithm out there because like how many times you go to you know uh, i don't even have a facebook account but you know you, my wife goes to facebook and it's like hey this is an ad that she's interested in they figured out like hey what you click on and and so forth and how many times you open up like i have a instagram account how, how many times you open something up and you say i was just talking about this 20 minutes ago like everyone who's listening knows that that's true because <laughs> you're like, this is eerie. It's listening to me or something. And that could be true too, but there's also, you know, some sort of connection around there. There's, so there's some some cleverness, but this stuff, this algorithm that TikTok has created is out of this world. It's, it's very, very unique technology.
0: Well said. And uh, as said by others that are in the industry, Mr. Way, who has worked at Facebook's uh, Oculus and Amazon, Says when you gaze into TikTok, TikTok gazes in to you, and that's I think one of the things that, like you said, like that hour is gone before you know it because they have really captured your attention and done it so well.
1: I'm just hearing the Twilight Zone kind of soundbite clipping through the well, back of my head right now as you said that.
0: You want to know what one of our uh, discussions with the the four year old Julian at our house was this last week was. Uh, whether or not Alexa is a real person or not and i have to guard myself when i say the a word alexa around because i don't because you know we've got uh, an <laughs> echo dot over here and something else and the next thing i know she's talking back but he's convinced and and he actually
1: pointed out that
0: we know somebody named alexa so she's a real person
1: <laughs> that's funny that's really funny well that's going to do it for money in the news uh, we're going to be right back with the seven deadly signs that you need a financial advisor. I'm excited about this show. I think it's going to be valuable for a lot of people listening, wondering, you know, when is it When is it the right time to engage somebody? But if you want to reach us, we're at 855-226-8551, and you can reach us at info at yourmoneyontap.com.
0: Hi, my name is Seth Crussman, partner with Brayshaw Financial Group and one of the co-hosts of Money on Tap. One of the biggest concerns and largest expenses people face today is taxes without thoughtful planning taxes can destroy future retirement dollars eliminating the possibility of a timely retirement or dreams of what you want retirement to look like if you're like most people you're getting closer and closer to retirement and you may be wondering if you're taking the right steps will my income be enough will rising taxes force me to give up my dreams how does inflation factor into all of this these are real concerns and you're not alone. Putting a plan around your financial future is what we do. If you have questions when it comes to your financial security and if you're looking for a personalized solution, contact us at Brashaw Financial Group, 855-226-8551. It's time for you to start getting answers to your questions. Headquartered in Bedford, New Hampshire, Brayshaw Financial has offices across the country. We'd love the opportunity to show you how we can help. There's absolutely no cost or obligation to meet with us. Call us at 855-226-8551. 855-226-8551.
2: Now back to Money on Tap with Ben and Seth.
0: Welcome back. You are listening to Money on Tap. My name is Seth Crossman,
1: And I'm Ben Brayshaw.
0: And you can reach us at 855-226-8551 or info at yourmoneyontap.com. And we're going to jump right in to the, the main topic today, which is seven deadly signs you need a financial advisor. Now, full disclosure, Ben and I are financial planners and we're fiduciaries. And that's what our practices is, is based around is is always maintaining that fiduciary relationship with our clients. Okay, so the information that we're going to cover is really just I mean we could probably come up with a list of twenty, but this is uh, the amount of time that we have here.
1: I just really uh, like the, the title, Seth. I mean, I think I think it was a clever title. Well, that was all you. <laughs> so go, you keep patting yourself no, on no, the back there. I I, I gotta, like this. I like this. I like it a lot, and I'm really excited. I, I told you, uh, you know, Seth. We uh, I've had a number of people come. We've had people come in off the radio, we've had referrals, we've had a lot of stuff happening during this pandemic, and I really, when when we were working on this show, I just really felt like it was so timely, because there's just so, I mean, almost every person had, like, one, you know, I mean, they had, like, three or four of these things, but it it was just kind of, like, every one of them was Hit on regularly on some level and i 'm pretty excited about the uh, things because I think it's going to speak a lot to the the average listener in a lot of different ways about when to make that first
0: step are we are we going to dance around the topic? Or are we just going to jump right in How- i'm going to jump in with
1: number one here Seth i 'm going to go right for it okay this is something that I hear almost almost every time I would say a good eighty ninety percent of the time I hear someone say to me something along the lines of my gut's been telling me I need to talk to somebody. Um, I need to take some action or I keep putting this off. This is like the number one thing. People know intuitively they're there. And, you know, they, they have this kind of, you know, I, I hear people say, hey, I to your show. I, I should have called you last year. Um, someone gave me your name a few years ago and I know I should have done something then. I'm late to the, I'm late to the party. And I always tell people that, you know, you, you can't just walk in with regret. We just have to pick it up and, and move forward. But I would say number one is is that, you know, you have this kind of underlying feeling that something's not right.
0: Yeah, sometimes that takes time to get to the point where you're either recognizing that, that that's what's going on, okay? Uh, and in hindsight, it's always so much easier to take a look and say, ah, yes, that's, that's where I was at a year ago, two years ago. I mean, we, we've all done this. Um, but you don't have to wait until January or December 31st to, to make the decision to understand more about what your options are. Cause that is really in, I kind of put it into a nutshell. If you're going to take a look at the, like a really first layer of working with a financial planner, it's understanding where you're at everything has to come from that point and so many people are even in a guessing game around their current financial situation and how how are are you going to take the time to build the model that articulates ultimately what you know you're doing today and what that looks like down the road and what you know maybe making you know a subtle change here or there could look like and that's a very very first layer I would say and uh and your gut is probably telling you no <laughs> you're not <laughs> so get on board uh sit down with somebody that you uh a I would say is a fiduciary right has your best interest at heart in it, it will communicate with you in a way that you can you can start to understand where you're at right now
1: yeah you know Seth I think I think one of the things that I would probably reverse on the on the statement here is what is the thing that's holding you back when your gut says you know I need to do something and you know I would say that the few things that I think that are kind of the reverb in that background of that, that conversation that's going on is one is finding someone you trust right you, you're, you don't know who to go to maybe um, or even if you have a couple of ideas you want to go to there's sometimes there's that feeling of like pride or creating this moment of humility where you just kind of, I need help and there's nothing else I can do, hoping that it had worked itself out. Uh, for some people, this is a pride issue. I, I don't know why. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, here's, this is all of your finances, but how many times do we walk up to the guy at like Best Buy and ask him about TVs? Cause we don't know everything about TVs. And he's like, you know, just got out of high school, <laughs> you know? Um, that 's not a pride issue for us, so why are finances it 's almost like it 's presumed in some in some mindsets that you should just know and be completely competent in this when you know our schools don 't teach any of this stuff, I would say for the most part um, but there 's always this kind of this background conversation that 's holding you back and I think honestly, identifying what those items are when that gut is telling you you need to do something is probably the best way to figure out what it is that that's concerning you the most
0: I love it yeah get unstuck quit beating yourself up quit looking back over your shoulder and saying what I what I could have had if I only would have should have and uh and just take that step and and you know what it's it's not every step has to, first step initial step has to be perfect it's about taking the action and that's um if you can get there you're doing it and we just encourage you to to be grateful that you are number two you are a high income earner and you are in or near a top tax bracket.
1: Yeah, I I think this is a key one. I know I just interrupted you. Sorry, Seth. You know, I think the thing is is a lot of people think, hey, you know what, I'm not in that top tax bracket. I'm I'm you know, but when people don't realize that those marginal rates continue to climb as you make more and more money, you could have a small portion that's hitting a higher tax bracket than normal. And, and, and that's a big issue.
0: Yeah, there are so many strategies in uh, that open up kind of as you start climbing through uh, levels of income that really nobody but a financial planner or financial advisor can really bring to the table in, in a lot of circumstances for you. And if, if you don't have access, if you're not working in these areas to try to mitigate some taxes and, you know, um, work through these situations on a daily basis, how would you know? You're, you're probably not going to Google it and, and find the advice that's really going to make sense for you or, or be able to or take the time to model. You'd be able to. I mean, it would take you quite a bit of time probably to model the numbers in different scenarios. But at least you can start to grasp what the decisions are and get some set and get options to the table that you can take a look at and start to understand where you're at and what some of these options start to play out.
2: You know,
1: the large focus of our practice is on tax incentive planning and uh, we're evaluating, building and creating, you know, things to mitigate taxes and working with your CPAs in that area. This is, this is one of our top tier things that we do that that's probably our specialty. And, you know, if you're that person, we would probably be a good person, a good company to call people to work with. But this is something that if you are that person, you need to make sure whoever you do work with has that understanding. Not just finding somebody who does, you know, financial advisors and financial planners. They are two different realms. And then when you actually get into, you know, making sure you're working with a fiduciary and that they have these unique specialties, that's an important piece. And, you know, sometimes... And you're going to find almost every time you're going to find somebody works in one domain or another, you know, largely. And, you know, if they're working in a domain that doesn't is not a good fit for you, it's never going to be successful no matter how much they care about your needs. If they don't understand how to solve your problem.
0: Number three, you and your spouse can't quite get on the same page. You're not connecting and uh, I mean, I was just having a really great conversation with um, a friend of mine yesterday about just what a challenge it is to even get on the same page with parenting. And that is something that we're working in 24-7. Um, but we're each coming to the table with our experiences, right, with our are are kind of pre decisions Some of these decisions are already made for us. How are we going to relate to finances even because of how we were brought into the relationship of finances? It's it's very similar with our children. Um, but here's a difference for you, right? Is that you're, you probably are working on the, trying to work on solutions with your children, uh, 24 seven because they're there all the time needing something and you're trying to figure it out. And you're trying to use everything of your experiences to to, to to get the best solution in place. And with your finances, it's not like, it is just not like that. You, you get to a place where you have a problem and you can be at loggerheads real quick without having somebody in there to understand where each person is coming from and how they're making the decision they're making. And they're doing it from the best place possible, the best place they have possible to try to make that decision. And that's a real challenge.
1: I would even, I would take that to another, another direction too. I mean, I I know what you're, you're kind of alluding to the kind of the everyday conversation, husband and wife, what are we doing? How do we want, you know, how are we going to make this bill work or that expense work or save for this or, and those are one piece. One of the other sides of this story that Seth and I deal with, I, I think is just getting people on the same page about retirement it's amazing how many people like know that each other want to go to Paris or somebody wants to do something like you know in Tahiti or something and they know a couple trips and, and so forth but it's amazing to me how many people don't have a real conversation about what retirement looks like and the difference between dreams and reality and you know I have I can't tell you how many people I've assigned to go out to dinner and spend the entire dinner talking about retirement and what you want your retirement to be like, where you want to be, where you want to live. Are you going to move when your kids move? Are you going to, when grandkids happen, is one going to travel and one not? Is one unable to travel frequently or often via plane? You know, I mean, there's just all sorts of different pieces that just are significantly detailed in retirement. And yet we talk about saving for retirement. This is this huge financial crisis that's in the background that people want to work with and talk about and, and, and make happen in their life. And it's it's this dream. It's this beautiful thing we, we envision having in our lives together. And yet very few people know what each other want. And so that's an important issue that we have to kind of address. And we, we really encourage people to connect because connecting on finances is not just like, hey, it's these bills. Hey, it's retirement. It's all the steps along the way. And sometimes what I find myself doing with clients is working through kind of the struggles of understanding pros and cons where a husband and a wife might be in complete disagreement, you know, and and neither are wrong. And neither person is wrong. And kind of having a conversation with myself and them has helped a lot in trying to mitigate, you know, unforeseen perspectives. And, and kind of pros and cons and, and having that forward thinking. I mean, being in this business, you know, 20 years or whatever it is now um, and working with thousands of people in conversations, it's just interesting to me how many people are just not connecting, not that either one is right or wrong. Now, now sometimes someone is right and someone's wrong kind of in a certain circumstance, but usually there's kind of a middle ground to be found.
0: It's so much of the, uh, the, Conversations that happen or where, where people get disconnected in this is they're in that tactical place with each other. They're trying to really address the, the, um, the elephant in the room at the moment, right. And doing their best to tackle that. Um, and one of the ways that we can really try to change that dynamic, um, is get that bigger picture and get strategic about it. And I think that's what I'm Picking up from you, Ben is is really getting those big goals in place, those things out there in mind, and setting up um, the other pieces to be able to address and accomplish those goals. And a lot of the time, what will happen is that that current elephant in the room gets addressed in the process in a way that just wasn't possible, you know, five minutes ago.
1: Well, you know, people say to me that you know, well, you're a financial planner and you know, you know, the answers on this stuff. I would say that my wife and I do not agree on everything financial. Um, She has her perspective. She grew up with a certain set of, you know, rights and wrongs to do with money. And I, I grew up with a different set and I've been trained with another set, you know, and so there's things that we don't agree on, but respecting those opinions and trying to understand where some, like, we invest in the market. Like we buy the market every day. I understand those risks in a way that she does not. Um, my wife would be fine sticking it in a CD if she felt like that would solve her fin- financial needs. But you know, those are those are just different perspectives. She's super conservative, so balancing that in my household it's it's still it's still something you have to mitigate. The person's opinion and perspective is completely valid. It's something that needs to be worked through and and try to find that balance. And we do that every day, which is you know. <laughs> something that we work through for people all the time and it's that's a real that's a real thing that if this is going on in your household this is something that you definitely need somebody you trust and understand and can get advice from that you both will work with
0: folks we're going to take a quick break you're listening to money on tap you can reach us at 855-226-8551 or info at yourmoneyontap.com. And when we come back, we will get to the final four of seven deadly signs you need a financial advisor.
1: Hi, my name is Ben Brayshaw, one of the co-hosts of Money on Tap. If you have questions when it comes to your retirement and are looking for a personalized solution, contact us at Brayshaw Financial Group. In today's volatile stock market, we can help you plan to find your successful retirement solution. Am I saving enough? Am I saving into the right places? Do my investments match my appetite for risk? Do I have a tax strategy that is going to help me keep more of what I earn? How can I maximize my Social Security income? If you are like most people, you are getting closer and closer to your retirement and may be wondering if you're taking the right steps. If you're in retirement, you may be wondering, am I maximizing my income while preserving my estate and caring for my family? We talk about all things financial in what we call three-dimensional investing, putting a plan around your financial future. If you feel that now is the time to start getting the answers to some of these questions for your own situation, give us a call at Brashaw Financial Group at 855-226-8551. Headquartered in Bedford, New Hampshire, we have offices throughout New England and across the country. We would love the opportunity to show you how we can help. There's absolutely no cost or obligation just to meet with us, and we welcome you to our office. Call us at 855 226 8551.
2: Now back to Money on Tap with Ben and Seth.
0: Welcome back. You are listening to Money on Tap, and you can reach us at 855 226 or info at yourmoneyontap.com. So we are talking about seven deadly signs you need a financial advisor. Uh, With full disclosure, Ben and I are fiduciaries and financial planners. That's what we do at Brayshaw Financial Group. And in all of our free time, we bring you this, Money on Tap, which is (laughs) um, fun for us. You know, it's it's work, but it's work that we love doing because we love helping people that are looking to – gain an understanding around their personal finances and make that next step that like really make that next level in their financial planning and understanding. And so what we're talking about is stuff that we see come across our desk and in our offices all the time. And these are cues cues for you to pay attention to that. If you're having any of these scenarios going on, it's time, It's time for you to reach out to the person that you can listen to the person that you trust, the person that we would say is a a fiduciary as well to put things in perspective and take that next step. And with that, we're going to jump into number four. You owe the IRS back taxes. And I think everybody just turned us off with
1: (laughs) number four. Yeah. something just went silent on us.
0: I felt that folks.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. Um, IRS back taxes—they are nasty, nasty, nasty things, and um, usually they occur by someone either not paying their taxes, but they can occur without people even knowing it. Where you've had a a good year, or um, it, and it happens to self-employed people fairly regularly. It's just kind of like, hey, they had a good year. There was some, you know. You know, some non-deductible income that they had or, you know, there was more meals than they expected. They couldn't write, you know, you can only write off half your meal expenses and stuff. And something pops up and, and your quarterlies didn't quite cover it. Or, you know what, we just went through a pandemic and business was tight and the money you save for taxes was something that you needed to use to live. These are realities that we can help you work through. Um, these are things that we can help you try to mitigate and manage through. This is something when you start having irs back taxes honestly, whenever you have irs back taxes that is a sign you need to get in front of a financial planner immediately. This is something that is not a let me think about it i 'm only paying five hundred bucks a month or two hundred and fifty dollars a month or a thousand a month or ten thousand a month This is Who's the number one tax financial planner I can find in my area immediately so I can start working on addressing this, dealing with this, and managing through it so, one, I can get out of it and get past the next year? Because usually this creates a cycle scenario that people, they might get out of it one year and then struggle through it the next year, and then remember they're out and then they're back in. It's a constant ebb and flow. I find this, Seth, I mean, how many times do we find this is just something that's just constantly in someone's life? and they can't get out of it. It's a troublesome thing.
0: Number five, when and how, and if you can retire. One of the, uh, one of the biggest questions I think we get is, uh, is, is people really just having this question mark of is retirement a possibility at what level, at what time, Um, and you know, at, at what kind of income can I start to look or plan towards? And, um, and if there's a goal there, if there's an idea there, what do I need to do to put myself in this scenario to be able to accomplish this, to be successful? And, um, and that's exactly right. That is exactly right. That's what we want to, that's the track that we want to be going down to accomplish these goals. And, and in the process of this, of answering these questions, there's all these other conversations. And I think we kind of, we're, we're talking about some of those earlier where, you know, spouses need to have conversations about what is, uh, uh, what, what time of our life do we want to start to retire? What do we want to enjoy in retirement? Well, there's income that's required for that. And at what level do you feel comfortable in retirement at what income level? And then is there, is there a a hedge for inflation? Um, Do you have long-term care goals or planning that needs to happen? Do you have trust work that needs to happen or estate planning that needs to happen? And this is what I would say where we would domicile probably around 75% of the time that we would spend with our clients in an initial consultation and working through a plan with them.
1: Yeah, I think I think that is you know, most people do come in saying I'm really trying to figure out retirement. I mean, that's that's pretty much the brass tax on on what most people have and as their number one question, unless they're younger and they're really dealing with some tax issues, this is probably I would say the the highest majority of people that come in is, hey, I really want to retire. I'm trying to figure out how to retire. I don't think I have enough money to retire. Um, I've had a health issue change. I need to I need to really look at figuring out how I get retired, um, and I need someone to help me put it all together. This I would say this is number one. This is the top number piece coming through the door for people. And I and I get it. Um, the sooner you start on this, the better off you're going to be. I, I mean, if you're 62, start. If you're 65, start. If you're 55 or 45, just get started. Um, this is to work with an advisor and try to get yourself to a point where you're moving forward, you've got a plan, you understand what your needs are, what the goals are, because we have some serious issues ahead of us, and those issues are taxes and inflation, and those things are going to come on like a roaring lion. And uh, it's going to devour a lot of people in retirement over the next 20 or 30 years. And that's what all the stimulus is is going to cause. And a lot of people aren't evaluating that and not realizing that, hey, sitting out of the market right now is potentially a bad thing. And we're going to talk about the market here in a minute and um, and how that can be a, both a bonus and a, and a negative. But if you're if you're wondering... Whether retirement is a reality for you or if you're saying to yourself, hey, I, I guess I'm working till I die, you know, there may not be a choice for you. You you may be forced into retirement. That that happens to people all the time, even though they think they're just going to keep working and working and working.
0: So right now, you're wondering, how in the world can I get a hold of Ben and Seth? You can reach us at 855-226-8551 or info at yourmoneyontap.com uh we're talking about the seven deadly signs that you need a financial advisor and uh we've got 6 and 7 coming up next but we probably touched on one of those for you in 1 through 5 um yeah so that's what we're that's what we're talking about with without further pause for station identification or any of the rest of that we are going to jump into number 6 there is little or no interest or time to handle your finances. And I, I think, uh, one of the things kind of jumping back a few into the, the couple that is trying to figure out and maybe at loggerheads with their finances, we find so many, so often there's one that is more interested in paying attention and really feels like they've got a grasp on this. And then there's the other party that's like, I want nothing to do with it. Really. Honestly, if you can take care of that, I'll try to manage this other part of our life over here. And so, um, if, if we have a couple of people, which does happen occasionally, that there's just a need for some financial education or there's some need for um, trying to understand some of the concepts that, that are going to ultimately bring to bear huge results in uh, a retirement phase of life, that is, those are the conversations that we are prepared to have and have in a way and in, and in portions that are manageable for you right um because if we were to sit you down and 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 sometimes there are conversations like this that are sitting you down in in, in front of a gallon of oatmeal is what it kind of looks like uh <laughs> and how are you going to eat all of that is the question um well uh oh gosh I I got to tell you Ben you live in New Hampshire do you do you just go ahead and grab some of your lovely New Hampshire syrup and make it all pal- palatable is that how you you candy coat it or what do you do
1: <laughs> no no, you're right. I mean there's there's this is a very common thing that we hear from people all the time is that I I don't want to deal with my finances. I don't want to I don't want to address it. I don't have time for it. I this is not me. This is not what I do. We get this regularly and um if this is if this if one of you is saying this and the other person's feeling burdened by that ultimate responsibility because the other person's checked out, you know, that kind of brings us back to, you know, number Three, where your spouse and you are not connecting on finances, this is kind of an offshoot of that. But but sometimes both the husband and wife or, you know, partners want nothing to do with financial issues at all. They just want to make their money, be told what they have to save, have it drawn out automatically, and the rest they get to spend. They want to live like, you know, hey, we've got somebody controlling this piece for us, and we're going to trust them and move forward. That is very common, very, very normal. Um, it, it Finances is not something a lot of people want to deal with. So two people being together, not wanting to deal with it, a very common piece too.
0: If you're listening to Money on Tap, you can reach us at 855-226-8551 or email us at info at com. We have the seventh and final Deadly sign that you need a financial advisor. And um, believe it or not, it's it's probably one that's there and a lot of people don't even know it. They're not even paying that close of attention and not realizing that the market is at all time highs. How does that, why would that make a difference for you? And whether or not you're working with a financial advisor, several, several. We'll get to them. Go ahead, Ben.
1: Well, yeah. I was going to say, you know, we're in September of 2020 right now, and we are looking at, you know, a a year to date return of over nine percent on the S and P 500. And you know, we went through a pandemic. It, it's horrible. People lost money, but if you just owned the S and P 500, you'd be up over nine percent now we would never encourage anyone just to own the S&P 500 that is a that is a large cap investment play we've done shows on the risk around the S&P 500 but you know if i meet people all the time that own that ETF or you know mutual fund based perspective of the S&P 500 that's all they own but if you're up 9% i mean what about just checking out for the rest of the year i mean if we're talking that people are happy with 6 7 8 9% i mean we're there why not just, if you, if you didn't sell and you just held on, I mean, maybe you check out before this election cycle happens and, uh, you you know, you, you move forward. Well, what about the NASDAQ? I mean, the NASDAQ's up over 33%. The NASDAQ Composite's up 33-plus percent this year to date. I mean, crazy numbers. I mean just if you had the two of those. Now, the Dow Jones, a different story, right? We talked about the Dow Jones a few shows ago about what the Dow Jones is. And, and unfortunately, the Dow Jones is up only a half a percent, roughly. And uh, for that's for the year. Now, considering all that's happened, pandemic and so forth, and all the craziness, the fact that we're where we're at and that all the indices have hit all-time highs is, is, is nuts. It's just completely unforeseen why do we consider this the seventh deadly sign is because right now there's a lot of market commentary about what's going to happen. September's traditionally a month that does not perform. It's, uh, we're coming up on a lot of question marks. People are buying, you know, what the market's supposedly supposed to be in 2021. I mean, there's all this, all this commentary of uh, a pullback and you know, Warren Buffett's moved money out of the country, and I mean, because of inflation. I mean, there's a, I could find so many articles about taking cash off the table, but the average investor is not. But we're finding that a lot of larger firms are, and that's that's kind of interesting. Now, that doesn't mean they're selling out and getting out entirely, but even even our even some of our managed portfolios, I think they're about seven in, about seven percent in cash and cash equivalent type holdings maybe even eight in some level. And I think, you know, we're, if there's a pullback, we're, we're looking for that. We're looking for that opportunity to get back in at a lower dollar figure. You have any thoughts on that, Seth?
0: Yeah, I do. Uh, Timeline is one of the biggest ones that is a concern for somebody that's in that pre-retirement. How close are you to retirement? Are you going to be needing those, re- those retirement dollars for uh, for a stable source of income and what are your options to tr- to truly create stability for yourself through that retirement corridor? I mean, those are the the that early retirement phase are some of the most crucial. And looking at a market that is where it's at, if you if you have a, a, a let's just say for instance you're in the situation where you've got plenty of assets under management, to, or you know to to see you through um, a pullback in the market. And maybe this isn't the concern maybe you're just an active a manager and you want to go ahead and take some of that risk off the table and go it into pour it into a cash cash equivalent for that rainy day uh you stepped into the market in in say march right and you took advantage of that the the pullback and and the market surging ahead quickly and that was a strategy that you were using that's that's wonderful. Most of the retail investors out there are not necessarily in that circumstance. And that's where people start to question what is the best step forward. If you're in a if you have a, if you're risk averse, if you're questioning that, then this is possible. This could be one of those times where you start to take some of that some of those gains off of the table and look for the next opportunity. That's a tactical or an active management of what you're doing in your portfolio. There's different ways to do that, though. There are many different ways to do that. The traditional one is this, is A, you go to cash, right? And you put that into just your money market. The second one is that you're going to go into some kind of bonds. And that's a a tool that is traditionally used to to diversify the risk of your portfolio or divest risk in your portfolio. A third one could be you're looking into um, annuities, right? Because annuities or different life insurance platforms have some of those built-in Places for or structured for uh, some guarantees, something in those lines, and then you know, then there's your CD, uh, which is the traditional bank version of of uh, uh, a guaranteed type of a of a a product, right? And those are
1: historically what most people are going to do. Um, I've seen Seth. I've recently seen um, a number of planners I'm chatting with is are using um, are uh, you know no fee. You know, uh, no surrender fee life insurance contracts with fixed interest rates that they can people can get out of, uh, just to get you know reasonable rates better than the bank. That's been an interesting, pretty hot topic recently because there's a couple different companies that are really actively engaging in in that piece and the um, kind of the protection piece. Obviously, you'd have to ha- you know be insurable in that scenario, but that's become hot because it's it's outside the banks a little bit different kind of protection style but people looking for interest rates are going to a lot of kind of unusual not everyday pieces. Now it's not that these things haven't been used for that in the past but people are starting to consider some some alternative kind of investing other than just the stock market. I mean looking at annuities, you know, even fixed annuities, pure fixed that look and smell like CDs have been of bigger interest recently as well because people are saying to themselves you know, markets kind of recovered, this might be my one time to get out and kind of say, oh, I missed that whole horrible experience. And goodness gracious, if this vaccine doesn't come out and, you know, if the uh, COVID-19 mutates or, you know, whatever the story is that you're fearful that might happen, that's, um, this is kind of like a lot of people's second chance. And and I think that's going to be something that becomes a reality for a lot of people in, in getting out of the market. And I'm I'm seeing it generally, but the average Joe is not right now. But some of the bigger firms are really taking a cash position looking for opportunity on a pullback.
0: Folks, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for hanging out with us at Money on Tap. And there you have it. These are the seven deadly signs you need a financial advisor. If that is you, give us a call. You can reach us at 855-226-8551 or info at tap dot com. And uh, again, Ben and I are both fiduciaries. Brayshaw Financial is our planning firm and we love the opportunity to work with you. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed the ride with us today and what we've been talking about has been hitting home for you in some way, somehow, or if it's not, it's somebody that you love and you care about. And that's a great conversation, a great way for you to go ahead and share good information with them. You can go ahead and share the podcast um, or you can just tune in wherever you're listening to us on radio. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to Money on Tap. You can reach us at 855-226-8551 or info at yourmoneyontap.com. Also, we're in a podcast. You can find us at any of the podcast venues out there. We appreciate the likes and the listens. We're also at Facebook at backslash 3D investing and Twitter at BFG underscore LLC. We appreciate you joining us here today and we hope you make it a great day and a great life. Thanks for joining us with money
2: on tap. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of this radio station and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. No strategy, product, material, or tool mentioned can assure a profit or protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information, products, materials, or tools mentioned should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This show may be subsidized in whole or in part by a product sponsor or issuer. Securities and advisory services offered through Sage Point Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, and a registered investment advisor. All other services offered through Brayshaw Financial Group, LLC, are independent of Sage Point Financial. Sage Point Financial and Brayshaw Financial Group do not provide tax or legal advice. Main office is located at 116 South River Road, Bedford, New Hampshire zero three one one zero and can be reached at toll free eight five five two two six eight five five one well bye